Welcome to Feature Presentation. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And we have another double feature Halloween special coming at you this week. This week's theme, Creatures. Taylor chose The Faculty from 1998, directed by Robert Rodriguez. I chose The Mist from 2007, directed by Frank Darabont. However, before we talk about our creature double feature, I want to talk about something else Halloween-y we did this weekend. Taylor, tell the folks at home. Guys, I, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face if I tried right now. So about a year ago, um, well, a lifetime ago, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to go apple picking. That was like a bucket list life item for me. I am from a beach area where we went strawberry picking. I grew up with lots of, I grew up with cherry trees in my yard, blackberry bushes, blueberry bushes, raspberry bushes. So I did a lot of picking as a kid. But never apple picking, and I always begged my mom to go, and any apple orchards were just, you know, several hours away, so it never happened. Um, you know, benched it, whatever. And then about a year ago, I saw that there was an, a, an amusement park about three hours from Baltimore called Knobles, known for being, um, what is it called, uh, family-owned known for having homemade food, known for having lots of festivities, um, and it just, in general, being kind of a more intimate uh, amusement park experience. And they're known for their fall things. They they have spooktacular fun for the whole family. Um, and so I told Patrick, you know, last fall, I was like, we have to go, we have to go. Um, and it just didn't end up happening, but we've sat on it for a year. And around August, I was like, hear me out. A little double feature of our own in real life. Apple picking on the way there, about an hour away, and then hit up Knobles for some spectacular fun for our home, for our whole family. It's actually hallow fun for the whole family. Excuse me, hallow fun for the whole family. Um, and so that is exactly what we did. We finally went to Knobles. Like I said, only three hours away, but was just hard to make happen last year. And I am so happy that we went. It was so much fun. Give me the Knobles rundown. Did you explain like how the money works and stuff? I don't think you did. Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Um, so the way that it works there is it's free admission. Like they allow dogs in there. You can just come. It was clear that a lot of people like literally just come to walk around and eat. Um, like I said, it's family owned and all of their food is like made in house. They don't really have like frozen stuff. I don't think, I mean, maybe some of it, but I mean like, you know, the, the chicken is frozen or whatever, you know, but it's, it's not like from vendors and stuff like that. They have just like special things. Like they have a pumpkin pie milkshake where they blend a whole slice of pumpkin pie in it. You know, they have homemade ice cream. They have, um, you know, apple turnovers, homemade caramel apples that they make right in front of you. Like they have... Lots of things that make it special. Um, and so the way that it works is it's completely free admission. Everybody was dressed up in their Halloween nines, which Patrick and I totally missed the memo on. And next year, if we go, we are definitely going to have to bust out our Halloween matching pajamas uh, because we, we need to fit in. Um, so, yeah, we saw lots of costumes. So many dogs dressed up, which was, like, the cutest thing in the entire world on our walk from the parking lot into the amusement park, which, by the way, 
you like drive like into the amusement park. It, it's crazy. Like it's everything is really smushed together, um, which makes it like a little bit confusing if you're not super familiar with it. But also like is really cool to just like walk through and see everything. Um, so a dog walking in front of us in this parking lot was a bumblebee and it was wearing little boots and it was so cute. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a blast. And so it's completely free for admission. And then you can pay for an all day pass, which does not include any of the hollow fun items. Um, or you can do like a $20, $20 gets you 20 tickets book or, you know, whatever. And so I think we did, um, 50 tickets, um, which was perfect. And I asked the woman, I said, you know, the lines were really long and I was like, we're not going to use all 50 of these tickets. They basically, they range in costing like two to like five tickets, um, each ride. And I said, can I use these next year? And she said, you can use these for the rest of your lifetime. She said, we still get people using Knobles tickets from the 70s because people hold on to them their whole lives don't even realize they're there stuff them in a drawer die and then their kids clean out their house and they have Knobles fun for lifetime as well yeah you beat me to it she was like yeah when my grandmother died the whole family like went to Knobles that weekend or something I was like yeesh all right yeah very very strange but also like cool um great people watching place if that's kind of what you're into um the long lines made it easy to people watch but they weren't too long they they have a app which is awesome um, and it tells you like everything you could possibly need to know. You can plan what rides you want to go on. You, it tells you how far of a walk you are from each ride. Um, it tells you how many tickets it is. It tells you what the wait time is approximately. And overall it was a, it was a really great experience, albeit very cold. And, um, my one thing that I think was a little frustrating is how long the lines were for their famous food. Because I really went for the food. And also, and this is not a them problem, this is just a me a me thing. I went on TikTok and I scrolled through all of the Knobles food videos. And I created a list of all of the things that I wanted to get. And not a single one is still available in the park. Other than the pumpkin soft serve that I got. The pierogies don't come with the covered in butter anymore the the cheese on a stick isn't there anymore so that was a little disappointing um and we stood in a very long line for some you know average pierogies and tri taters but overall it was a great experience um what did you think uh i enjoyed it quite a bit uh i also like the rides a lot they have this like one kind of bobsled coaster that it doesn't have a track and it's just entirely based on like the weight of the car which is cool um uh, we did another roller coaster. We did like a she Taylor mentioned the haunted mansion thing. Yeah, the haunted mansion thing has a big long line because everybody's trying to celebrate Hallow Fun for the whole family, and they say like four and up for the haunted mansion thing. And we were like, oh, so it'll just be kind of stupid, um, you know, uh, glow in the dark skeletons kind of thing, right? Um, no, this was legitimately scary. And stuff jumping out at you and water being spit on you and steam being shot at you and loud noises. And, and there's like a point where you like turn the corner and this like um, this fake pickup truck like eh, like slams into us as, as if it's about to hit you. You know, so like um, that was that was quite quite a bit uh, a little too much for Taylor. Yeah, it was my personal hell. I and we're about to talk about this in the last episode. 
Patrick was like, I'm going to show you the mist and maybe this will finally be the thing that really spooks you. And I asked him after the podcast, I was like, okay, I'm really, I'm, I'm freaked out. Like you have hyped this up. Like, is this going to be like really scary? Are there jump scares? And Patrick was like, no, like I know what you can't handle. And like, I know that jump scares really freak you out. I wouldn't do that to you. And this was just what felt like 10 minutes, even though it was probably three minutes, um, of jump scares. And I, it, it was not fun for me. It was jump scares the ride, basically. It was Broncos country, let's ride, and this was the ride. Um, no, it was fun, though. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was just a fun experience. And, you know, stuff is cheap. Like, we went for the whole day, and I think grand total, every single thing, I think we paid 80 bucks or something. I mean, you don't have to pay for parking. And also, that includes, like, 40 tickets for next year because we didn't use them all, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a cool place. If you're in this kind of area, um, which I know that there are lots of film fans in Pennsylvania, it's a big, it's, it's one of the surprisingly big spots. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if you're listening to this and you're in the area, um, yeah, it's check it out. It's a cool place to be. And I'm not saying that you should rip off the people taking your tickets, but I'm just saying if they aren't looking, who's to say? Yeah. Don't rip them off, but, um. You could. Uh, our double feature. We're doing a creature double feature. We we use the word creature specifically instead of monster because we wanted it to be open to other, not not just like big scary monsters. You know, it could it could mean something else. Uh, we talked about it. it could mean bugs. It could mean you know, it could be beast. Uh, uh, and in this case, Taylor chose aliens. Um. Initially, that's all that we thought the creature was. Turns out there are more creatures. But, uh, yeah, she chose The Faculty, 1998, Robert Rodriguez. Letterboxd says, When some creepy things start happening around school, the kids at Harrington High make a chilling discovery that confirms their worst suspicions. Their teachers really are from another planet. Elijah Wood, Josh Hartnett, Jordana Brewster, Usher, Robert pra- Robert Patrick, Femke Jansen, Selma Hayek, John Stewart... Uh, yeah, quite the cast, and, uh, boy, quite the movie. Oh, my goodness. I chose this just, I had never even heard of this movie before. Um, I was looking up creatures aimlessly on Letterboxd in lots of different forms. I was looking up creatures, monsters, aliens, like anything that could yield some sort of thing on Letterboxd lists, and I was just coming up empty and empty and empty and empty. And I stumbled upon this movie, and at first I I was like, you know, I'm just going to pick it because, like, it seems like a movie that I'll like. Like, I, you know, I love Elijah Wood, I love Josh Hartnett, like, it'll see, it seems like, you know, a late 90s, early 2000s, just, like, kind of genre movie that I will enjoy. Um, And so I was like, you know what, it says their teachers really are from another planet. That's good enough for me. I thought that I was going to skimp this episode. Honestly, I thought I was like, I don't know. Well, I I haven't seen the movie. So how could I possibly know? And I just was like, I'm going to pick something that I'm going to enjoy over something that I think really is great for this pick. Um, and oh my gosh, not only did I really enjoy it, but it was perfect for this pick. It was a perfect creature movie. Um, so whoever, to the one single person um, that I saw who had this on their letterbox creature list, um, thank you. I'm so happy that you had this on there. Um, that's so exciting. I, I'm so happy to have a movie um, that I really, really uh, enjoy now that is a spooky sci-fi movie. It is. It is. And, you know, this is a movie that 
and listen, I have a feeling. I don't know Taylor's next two picks um, for our Vampires double and for our Killers double. But if I had to bet, I would say that they're going to be 90s teen comedies with a horror bend. Yeah, she's looking at me. <laughs> one is a teen comedy and one is not. Okay, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's, it's, it'll be at least that vibe, though. It's not going to be a horror movie. It'll be um, something kind of chilling with some horror elements or something. Um, and that's what I thought this was going to be. Uh, no, this movie's, like, legit scary. I mean, like, you know, sure, does it still fall under that category? Yeah, but, like, it's clear that um, this is not just, like, uh, a silly... T- this is not, like, a decom. It's not like, oh, no, my teacher's an alien. Like, there's some scary shit in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's really scary. And I will say, um, the one thing you did nail, the, every single movie that I picked is from the 90s. So, uh, you know, take that as you will. But what, what can I say? I like that decade. Um, and, yeah, this movie was super scary. We put this on before The Mist as, like, the ramp up to The Mist. I would argue that this might even be scarier than The Mist. There's just, like, oh, maybe not scarier in terms of, like heaviness but scarier in terms of like jump scares like not knowing what the hell is going to come next like there are some terrifying images in the faculty the monsters are disgusting and horrifying and um you know do the effects hold up uh not really you know is it the best cgi not really but the design of the monsters i think is scary enough and, like, the things that jolt out of their face and, like, those CG effects are scary enough to where, like, you can look past it not being perfect. What she's referring to is, like, the teachers are, like, taken over by these little, like, sort of slug monster things that take over their bodies and, and you know, uh, sort of inhabit them. Um, but these slug monster things can also, like, crawl out of your nose and through your face and stuff. And um, they, they have these weird, like creepy crawlers and tentacles i don't know just kind of like this creepy crawler nightmare you know um it's it's really yeah if it was a great creature pick and and almost in sort of like the bug slant like if you don't like bugs if you don't like uh that kind of thing i almost chose arachnophobia for this pick but i knew that you would kill me um and i was also wanting to show you the miss but um yeah, this, it's definitely very creepy crawler. It's definitely very skin crawlery. And, um, and yeah, it's also very funny. I mean, it's got quite the cast in it, like we said. Um, you got Jon Stewart um, up in there, like, being all legit. before Not legit, but being all like, serious, you know, being a legit actor. Um, Harry Knowles makes a very bizarre appearance in the Teacher's Lounge. Um, it is... It is, yeah, Salma Hayek, Robert Patrick, of course, from T2, which um, hopefully listened to our Terminator episode on Siva Co. last week that we sent out. If you haven't yet, Taylor just watched Terminator for the first time. i got to show her T2, so no spoilers for T2, please. Okay, she doesn't know she doesn't know the bit yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, Robert Patrick is, is doing a very similar bit in this movie. Um, it, is, it is like, um, it feels very DCOM, but it's like DCOM if those movies were good. And those movies, like, didn't have to be on cable. You know, like, just free reign, legitimately well-made decom. Like, if you're, like, 16, this is, like, the perfect horror movie. You know, um, it's, like, a great transitional thing. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it really, it really kind of checked all the boxes off for me. I think that's a good way of putting it. Like, if you're 16. So, like, I was not 16 in the 90s. When this came out, I was a year old. 
Um, but I was so like my 16 year old perfect horror movie was Jennifer's Body, and I think if you you know look at them as two different movies of two different decades, they still feel the same, right? Like they are genuinely scary because they're not cable, but they have that just like teeny feel because it's all of the people that you are currently watching. You know, like I grew up with Amanda Seyfried and um and Adam Brody and uh Megan Fox. You know, I grew up with those people. Um people grew up with Elijah Wood and Josh Hartnett. And so I think that like, that's a really good way to put it. Like it's a, it, it is a movie with integrity. Um, I genuinely believe it is a good, effective, scary movie, but it's also not like a movie that you might love if you didn't grow up with those people. Like if you were 30 when this came out, yeah, it probably is not going to be a movie that you loved, but I think that's kind of the magic of like nostalgia and just like, you know, some things are always going to be special just because of the age and place and friend group and whatever. Like so much of, you know, what people love is circumstantial. And I think that that's just like fun and makes, you know, movie watching and art loving like so much. So, you know, diverse in terms of what people like. My favorite part of the movie was when Usher came on screen and you went, that's Usher. As if I hadn't said 15 minutes earlier, hey, look, Usher's in the credits. I knew that Usher was going to be in this because when I picked it, I was like, oh, Usher's in that movie. And then when I was looking at it again before we watched it, I was like, oh, Usher's in that movie. But still something about seeing Usher, I just went, that's Usher. And so the entire movie, every single time Usher would come on screen, Patrick and I would just go, that's Usher. Um, because it just got me off guard. Okay, I don't think I realized um, beyond like seeing him, seeing his name, um, that he had like any sort of a film background. Like, I don't think he really does. Or maybe, maybe he does. And I just, I just missed it. But yeah, that's Usher. That is Usher. So, um, yeah, The Faculty, it was, it was good. I gave it a three and a half stars on Letterboxd. Um, I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed this. Very, very strong ensemble cast. They're all pretty young, but they're all doing exactly what they should be doing. I don't think there's anybody that really falls apart here. I think they're all really contributing to what is overall a good, effective horror film um like i said the design of the monster just needs a shout out patrick's right it's kind of in the bug genre i would say um when and i'm gonna spoil it here so if you haven't seen the faculty and you don't want the ending spoiled please pause now and go watch the movie i genuinely recommend watching this one um but you know the overarching theme of the movie is like who is the host if we can just kill the host then all of these people will be saved because the idea is like there what i thought before turning on the movie based on the letterbox synopsis was that all of their teachers were already from another planet and it's just like a school of alien teachers what i you know what the movie fills in for you is that someone an alien came to the movie or came to the movie, came to the school and infiltrated the rest of the teachers. And now they're infiltrating the students and people are being overtaken and overtaken and overtaken. And it's, uh, you know, Elijah Wood's character and, um, uh, what is her name? I'm pulling it up. Uh, fast and furious. Uh, uh, Jordana Brewster. It's Elijah Wood and Jordana Brewster's characters, Casey and Delilah's goal to kind of recruit people who have not been turned to um, fix this. They're the only ones that, you know, believe, like, the FBI has investigated this, um, and people have come and investigated, and everyone's just been like, these silly goober teens, like, they they don't know what they're talking about. Um, And so people are like, who is the host? If we can kill the host, then, you know, we can can save our town. 
um, the town of Ohio, as they always say. <laughs> and I'm Patrick, like, they're like, why us? Why Ohio? And I keep thinking to myself, it's not even Ohio. It's just your school. Like, is your school Ohio State? Like, I don't understand. But anyways, um, so they enlist their buddies and they go after the host and they're, they're, they try and kill a host and it's not the host and they try and kill another host and it's not the host. Um, I thought the host was going to be the football coach, I think, because the movie wants you to think that because the movie opens up on him. Um, but it is not. It is their new transfer student, of course, Mary Beth. And Mary Beth is the host and when, they, when she realizes that they are on to her, she turns in. To the most vile, <laughs> disgusting creature that I think I've ever seen. She is like a pale worm cockroach slug hybrid that is also like acidic and killer. It is disgusting. Props to the monster designer. I don't even know how that came out of them. And then she ends up being killed in this giant bug form by Elijah Wood's characters. Casey closing the um, bleachers on her and she gets squished. And when she gets squished, she shoots out these like sharp moving bugs, I guess, into Elijah Wood's face. And they crawl under his skin. And you think for a moment like... Oh my god, is he going to be the next host? But he's not. They die when she dies. And they just, like, fall out of his skin. And it is, I mean, disgusting. My stomach is turning talking about this. Um, so if you are into, like, creepy, crawly, gory kind of stuff, like, this is not for the faint of heart, despite the CGI's not being, you know, too up to snuff. Like, ugh, it was nasty. Also, as a teacher, there's one thing that I appreciated, which was... Movies that take place in school, no one's ever in class. They're always in the hallway, or the teachers are in the teacher lounge, or, uh, you know, the bell rings, but then there's, like, the entire school is still outside the building, you know. Um, that stuff just, like, infuriates me. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It shouldn't. Most things like that don't bother me in movies, but just, like, I don't know. I wish school was like that. <laughs> And this movie actually um, has the ability to explain why there's no class because they're all freaking aliens and they're not teaching class, you know. Um, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so I, I appreciated that much at least. Um, no, I, I liked it quite a bit. And um, it is it is a great, um, you know, sleepover movie, slumber party movie. Um, would probably work really well on VHS. Um, I think we watched it on like HBO or something. Um, totally plays, totally still works. And um, I would say, I'm going to blow your mind as to who made this movie. Robert Rodriguez, many film fans will know, but Taylor will know as the director of um, Spy Kids. Oh. And the director of The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh my gosh. Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl was one of my favorite movies of all time growing up. It was that and Nim's Island. Those were my two. Those are the only two movies until we saw um, it, Patrick uh, made me go see Red Rocket. Well, it did not make me go see. Patrick saw Red Rocket in theaters twice. Until we saw Red Rocket twice in theaters, the only two movies I'd ever seen more than once in theaters 
were Nims Island and Shark Boy and Lava Girl because I loved them so much. I just wanted to keep going back and watch and watch and watch and watch, which reminds me, I should definitely choose Nims Island for uh, Y2 Kids. Um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, I think, was also my first 3D movie. And let me tell you, I kept those 3D glasses, those black framed glasses. I punched out those lenses and I wore them as glasses for years. The irony being I actually desperately needed glasses um, and I just would not. And I have so many cringy MySpace and Facebook photos that have me wearing those stupid black glasses. But oh my god, I loved Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So good. Another uh, Y2 Kids pick that will have to come down the pike at some point. Um, I I wish I could say I was far removed from Spy Kids at this point. But Megan Trainer is all over my For You page and she is married to uh, the little boy in Spy Kids. So I see I see that guy all the time. Okay, and so, anyway, moving on. Our double feature, we said uh, while we were watching this, wow, this worked out really well two weeks in a row because we're doing this thing where we're not um, collaborating on, on our picks, and this could totally go opposite directions. We could have one spider movie and one alien movie, and there are no similar themes and, like, nothing overlaps, but I think we're just kind of, like, discovering that our tastes overlap a little bit more than we think that they do. Um, also, a lot of movies are the same. And um, my pick also worked really well um, as as the second part of this double bill, and that was, of course, The Mist from 2007 by Frank Darabont um, from a Stephen King novella, of course, Darabont being like the sort of preeminent uh, Stephen King uh, adapter for the scream. Letterbox says, After a violent storm, a dense cloud of mist envelops a small main town, trapping artist David Drayton and his five-year-old son in a local grocery store with other people. They soon discover that the mist conceals deadly horrors that threaten their lives and, worse, their sanity. So it's, you know, sort of this, this Armageddon movie. You know, the mist comes in and um, they can't leave. They're stuck in the grocery store. And one of the really interesting things about putting the story of, I don't know, 40-ish people um, stuck in the grocery store while the world sort of falls apart around the store is that being in a grocery store, you don't have to leave. You have everything that you need. In fact, they're like they're like living life. They're they're grilling stuff up and uh, you know, like they they are totally fine within the walls of that grocery store. But then of course what happens, people Try and leave. People open the doors. People, you know, open up the, the door to the loading dock. They let in these creatures that are in the mist. And and so if you've never seen the mist, I would say probably a good time to turn this off now because I this just really no way to talk about this movie without spoiling it. We especially want to talk about the ending. It's a very good movie. It's on Netflix right now. Um, the Blu-ray also has the black and white version if you want to watch that. So there are some options. Go watch The Mist. It's a very good movie. The creatures in The Mist, I'm going to say now, turn it off, are these various sort of types of creatures. There's like squid tentacles. There's like pterodactyls. There's just like, it, yeah, these yeah these big insect things. Um, once they go outside, there's that big sort of Godzilla-esque big thing. I mean, there's just like... Name a type of creature, it's in the mist, right? And so, of course, there's the question of how do these things get out and whatever. And so you've got this really interesting survival story where it doesn't have to be a survival story. It could just, I mean, 
in, in terms of like they don't have to fight back, right? They could stay here for a long time and, and, and let it play out. But after, you know, 20 minutes, people are getting antsy and they want to escape. Um, but then you've also got all of these different sort of action scenes and having to fight these creatures as they're getting let into the grocery store and, and ruining the pizza they have inside. There's these uh, really interesting, like, racial bends in the film. Um, uh, sort of the people in the grocery store get split up by that. Um, there's um, some religious overtones in terms of Armageddon and the end of days and things like that. And um, there's just all this stuff going on for two hours. And I, I, I enjoyed that, that first two hours very much. Um, I think it's a really well-made movie. But the big, the big wallop for me is, of course, the last five minutes, which is the reason why I wanted to show Taylor this movie. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, before I jump into the ending myself, I'll kind of give my my feelings on it. I definitely like. I think Patrick maybe hyped it up a little bit in terms of like he now knowing the ending, I understand where Patrick came from. Being like, oh my god, we stared at a wall for an hour after watching this. This was, um, you know, like oh, this is really gonna get Taylor. And I was just thinking to myself, like Jesus, like what is this movie? Like, is it just gonna be like? Is the imagery just gonna be that? horrifying um and it wasn't and so I was actually surprised watching it when I found some of it a little silly and the dialogue not perfect and you know the the imagery gross but not you know like Patrick said there's just such a diversity in the um like like creatures um so you don't really know like what's coming next um I feel like I wasn't I don't know. I just, I had like a healthy detachment from it when I was watching it, I think. Um, and just, it didn't, it wasn't what I expected it to be, I think is the best way to put it. Um, and I, I enjoyed the film. I felt like, you know, I am, and this is why I don't watch horror movies and why I'm a horrible horror movie watcher and I'm a horrible person to watch horror movies with. I just go to like my logical brain of like, this is so stupid. I don't understand, like, why people are going crazy. Like, they could, why aren't they just staying in the grocery store? You know, I just go to that, that point. I do think, to be fair, this movie does a very good job of just, like, you know, there's no stopping where this is going because, again, you have these very brash people that are kind of leading a resistance, um, namely Mrs. Carmody, I think is her name, um, Mrs., Carmody, Carmody, um, and she's, like, leading a, like, Armageddon resistance, and so, like, you can't really, it's, n it's not optional, like, things have to be done because things are being done by a group of people, like, I think that there's a really good balance of, you know, our main guy in the film, um, you know, David Drayton and his son, like, they are, like, those, that kind of voice of reason that you think whenever you watch a horror film of, like, guys like let's just eat the food let's hang out like let's not do anything about this and then you have that you know other piece of like no we have to leave we have to get out we're getting antsy you know what is this you know blah 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 um so I think that it does touch on that and that is a, a, a really good balance um but I am I am just a a horrible like ugh they're so stupid they shouldn't have opened the door type horror movie watcher which is I think why I never get scared but I think that's like that's not supposed to be the scary side of things. So I think that there are two parts. There's the scary and there's the fun, right? And I think it's more fun to go like, haha, you idiot, you're going to deserve whatever comes at you. And then we get scared when something happens to like the main character or something surprises us or something. And I'll, you know, also 
movies aren't really supposed uh, that's not true many horror films are not scary um they are you know chilling they are effective maybe they are thrilling i think that this has those things i don't even know if i would i guess you would call this a horror movie um but it doesn't have that kind of just like there are no surprises there are no it's, it's almost like this big mysteries the science fiction film almost you know with these sort of thrilling action horror elements um and yeah there are great scenes where they fight the monsters and you know once again uh, another great part of our double feature is a uh, terrible cg in both movies um this one of course limited by its, by its really small budget um and you know you've got a stephen king novella to to base this all off of it so you've got a great you know, sort of starting text um, that's going to send you off in the right direction um but yeah, I, I got to talk about the ending. I got to talk about the ending. The ending that does not happen um, in the in the original story, which is, of course, a few of them decide to leave the grocery store. Our main character, David, his son, and, and the couple of people that he's been um, sort of sheltering with um, inside the grocery store who's sort of on his side. They manage to get to his Jeep. They drive home to check on his wife. His wife has, of course, been wiped out by the mist. Um they do some really creepy stuff with the way that people sort of get cocooned and ugh, I don't want to talk about it. Um, and they decide, okay, fuck it. We, we got some gas in this Jeep. We're going to see how far that gas gets us. And, and maybe we'll find something along the way. And they drive out and the gas runs out and they all look at each other and they sort of, without saying anything, decide um, we're not going to let the creatures kill us. We are going to take things into our own hands, and we are going to um, end our own lives. They have this gun. There's five of them. They have this gun. There's four bullets in the gun. And so our main character, David, um, essentially has to kill his own son, kill the rest of the people in the car, and then step out into the mist so that he can be attacked by creatures, so that everybody else can sort of... Um, just have this immediate end to this all, and he has to be the only one that's sort of tortured. Because we see throughout the film that, like, it is not like the creature just eats you or whatever. They take you off somewhere or they drag you around or whatever. Um, it's it's not going to be um, a, a cut-and-dry thing. He steps out into the mist. Immediately, the mist dissipates. The army convoy comes down the road of all the people that, that the military has saved, and at that exact moment, uh, you realize that they've been driving away from help the entire time. The army was coming from the same direction that they came from. And if they had just waited two minutes, they would all be saved. And, and now the mist is gone. That ending is so dark. <laughs> it is so dark. And I don't love it because, oh, everybody dies. <laughs> I love it because movies don't do that. Movies don't do that. You know, most movies would have him hold the gun up and then you hear some sort of siren or something or instantly they notice the mist starts to, 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 to dissipate, right? There are very, very few movies that just say, no, fuck it. Life is terrible and most people would not survive whatever this thing is. This mist has taken over the world and, and is killing us all. Um you know, we always follow the the stories where we we follow the people who survive and the people who make it out because they do all the right things. Well, sometimes you can do all the right things, and uh, and it can still not work out. And yeah, boy, is it 
dark. And I just, I, I love the fact that the movie decided to do that. Decided to say, um, nope, no happy endings here. Um, doesn't matter this, this sort of murder suicide thing that you have planned. It gets even worse than that. And, um, and yeah, I think that that's how more movies should be because I think that sort of to your point, like sometimes you kind of go like, that's ridiculous. That wouldn't work or, or whatever. Um, that's how a lot of movies end. And this said, uh, uh-uh. we can have that two movie, the two hours of movie. That's really good. Just like every other one. And we can do our own thing at the end. And, um, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to see the look on your face when that happened. <laughs> I think that this ending is effective in a lot of ways. One of which is, you know, what Patrick was just saying, like people should test the limits a little bit more. Um, you know, I think, yeah, like life is not always pretty, you know, life, you know, has these, you know, unimaginable circumstances that, you know, plague, uh, people every single day and leave them feeling helpless and hopeless. Um, and the mist is kind of a representation of, of those moments in your life, obviously like far, far more horrific and scarier. Um, but you know, visually and also I, I think physically for these people, but regardless, you know, it, I understand, you know, and so I think that the ending works for a lot of, uh, a lot of reasons. It takes it there. It takes it to a place where things have not really been before. It also is really effective because there are several people that kill themselves in this movie. Um, there are the two army men who hang themselves once they realize that the army was involved and they are immediately met with, you know, those, those cowards. Like, how could they do that? Um, they're a part of this. They're such cowards. There's the old woman that takes sleeping pills and, you know, they also say like, should we try and save her? You know, like there's, there's, and then there's a man who has burns over 90% of his body and he is in the worst pain he could ever imagine. And all they have is baby aspirin at the store and he just begs to be killed. And I don't actually know what happens to him. Maybe we missed it or they just didn't go back to it. But, you know, there's this overarching view of suicide and everybody feels like, screw that. Like, why are you trying to kill kill themselves? They say at one point, it's been two days. And when you hear that, you go like, oh my God, like that's no time at all. Like people have just unraveled so quickly. And so when they remove themselves from that situation and then, you know, these people who have like, uh, who previously agreed that suicide was not the answer are now agreeing that suicide is the only answer. It's very, very haunting. There's also the older man who... um wants to go try and get the shotgun out of uh, the pickup truck that's in the parking lot. And so, like, there's a lot of people who are, like, willing to risk it um, to see uh, what can they do. Um, you know, is, is there a way to um, is there a way to defeat this thing that we don't know anything about? You know, there's, there's a lot of really interesting questions about, like, human versus nature, you know. At what point do we get to decide, like... Is it no, not up to us to decide when it's all over? You know, is nature going to decide that for us? Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, on top of being a really effective creature feature movie with some really crazy um, creatures and some really scary scenes, and I, I'm really, really creeped out by the fact that um, they're just all different. Like, they're all from different eras and different walks of life and stuff. These huge bugs and pterodactyls that we haven't seen in 50 million years. And, like, where the hell did all this stuff come from, you know? Um, on top of all those elements being really effective, I think just, like, thematically it brings up some really interesting questions. And and it really, really sort of forces you to sit with those at the, at the end of the movie. And like I said, yeah, I think I first saw this movie when I was, like, 13. And, uh, and 
you know, my friends, we watched this movie together at somebody's house one night, and it just ended, and yeah, we just stared at the wall forever, because we just, like, could not believe um, that movies could do that, and, and they don't. Movies don't do that, and I think that that's um, why I, I think that this one is so effective. Yeah, to continue, like, kind of why I think it's effective um, is, like, you know, obviously I just said, like, yeah, movies don't do that. To recap, uh, movies don't do that. And also um, uh, the the overarching suicide being the answer is really haunting. Um, also, in terms of, like, the killing of his son, you know, it would be, you know, they look at the son is sleeping, which that is the... The hardest sleeper I've ever seen in my life, that little boy. Um, I guess he's just very exhausted, which rightfully so. Um, but he's sleeping, and they decide to do it then, um, which I think does add a little bit of, like... I've had a lot of, like, conflicting feelings about this. Like, I, I, I was kind of putting myself in, the you know, the, the dad's shoes for a while, and I had, I had so many thoughts of, like, you know, um, what would be the, the best order to do that? You kind of have to kill the little boy first um, because you don't want him to wake up, and he's the only one that wouldn't be in on that answer. But then you also have the question of, of, um, of oh, gosh, I lost it. I'll come back to it. Um, but, like, I, I, was, I was really putting myself in his shoes and, and thinking about that. Oh, I, that's what I was going to say is um, – you know, do you wait it out? Because if you wait it out, you might die a more horrific death. And the idea, I guess, is for this... I, I They all look at the little boy. Like, it's all... To me, yes, they are all okay with their own suicide. But I, I feel like there's an overarching sense of, like, it is for this little boy to not have to endure this. Or at least to not understand that he's enduring this. And so if they're torn apart by monsters, like, that's horrific to, to have your son go through that. So, like put him out while he's asleep. And so that adds a sense of urgency to the film of like, we have to do it now before he wakes up because he could wake up and then a monster could walk over us and crush us. So there is a sense of urgency, um, there. And I think it's just so, oh God, so haunting that like right before he does it, the little boy opens his eyes, realizes that his dad is about to shoot him. Um, and I think in a lot of movies that would make the dad not do that. You know, I think that that would be the easy way. Oh, the boy's awake now the boy's clearly about to cry. He takes a gasp of air. He can't believe what's happening. And the dad still does it like, Oh, that's horrible. That's so haunting. Um, and then he like rapid fire does everybody else. Like Patrick said, he walks out into the mist. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, Oh, it's just horrifying. It's, it's really, really, really horrifying. And, um, when the people come for him, he sits like in front of them and they're holding these giant machines. He's, he tries to shoot himself with the blanks and uh, which obviously does not work, but he's just like so ready for it all to end. Um, and he got his screams are haunting. And so when he walks out and there are all of these militiamen in gear, um, he, uh, you know, just like he's standing in front of these giant machine guns. And I just kept thinking like, I just feel like I'd grab the gun and, kill myself you know like I just couldn't I couldn't live with this and I think the other really haunting thing is like not only not only is he going to have to live with the trauma of this experience not only is he going to have to live in the trauma of killing his child not only is he going to have to live in the trauma of his wife being killed but he is about to enter it's not you know like let me let's talk about like the happening for a second right let's compare those not not that i'm saying these are the same movie but just for for the sake of this bear with me there's nothing physical that happens in the happening you know like sure 
people crash their cars into trees and there is damage to be done with how people choose to end their own lives. But the world is still there, you know? There's not, it wasn't acid rain or something. The way in which these creatures inhabited their town, the world, you know, who knows for most of the movie, is there's no coming back. They have acid webs on top of everything. There's nowhere to go. There are buildings that are going to come crumbling down. So it's not like he's even going to go back to like a normal society. He's going to go back to not having a place to live. He's going to go back with people that he could potentially talk to about this trauma all being dead. Like you can't that it's too much for one person to bear. Um, and it's just, you know what it reminded me of too is, um, I just recently reread The Virgin Suicides and the book has a very different ending to the movie. In the movie, all of the remaining Lisbon girls kill themselves and in the book, all of them attempt to kill themselves and one survives. So you have one daughter that killed herself, you know, in one year, the remaining, um, five of them tried to kill themselves the next year and then one of them survives and it's just this ticking time bomb of like she's not gonna survive this she's not gonna come back from this she just watched all of her sisters be successful in this she's gonna kill herself too and she does like two months later and so I think of about him in that situation of like they could try and assimilate him in what remains of this world but like it can't happen yeah of course talking about Thomas Jane who is um, really great in in a lot of movies um, though I think that this this is probably one of his best. Yeah, I mean, uh, not only does he do a lot of, of carrying this movie for the first, you know, two hours or so, um, he really, I don't think this movie would work without his performance in the last three minutes. And that's not often true of, like, horror, thriller, science fiction movies that, um, you know, the, the premise is the thing or the creatures are the thing or, or whatever it is, the spectacle. Um, but here it is, it is very character-based. It is very, um, very well-acted. And I think um, I think it was perfect for us to do these two movies together. I think it was perfect to do The Mist um, second because the faculty is very fun and it's very silly. And we go, hey, that's Usher. Hey, that's Jon Stewart. You know, um, this movie definitely tackles a lot of the same things while turning it down. And, and yeah, I think we really we nailed we accidentally nailed it this week. And I'm very curious to see if we do the same next week so next week's theme is vampires um we are staying in the in the magical the mystical the supernatural so taylor what is your vampire pick i knew exactly what i was gonna pick for this ahead of time because there is one vampire movie over all other vampire movies that is absent from the movies that i have seen I need to have seen this movie. There's no reason that I have not seen this movie. It just hasn't happened yet. And so I knew that this was my chance to see it. And that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie from 92. Um, I will read you the letterbox synopsis. She knows a sucker when she sees one. Blonde, bouncy Buffy is your typical high school cheerleader. But all that changes when a strange man informs her she's been chosen by fate to kill vampires. Um... Yeah, no reason that I that I haven't seen this movie. It's it's a, you know, cult classic. Um I feel like you could say um 
every single pick of mine is from the 90s. Like, clearly that's a genre that I love. Um, and this is one of the cultiest of classics of the 90s. I feel like people love this movie. It was a successful TV show. I think they even had, like, a remake a couple years ago of some sort. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to pick. Um, there really wasn't any thought that went into this one. Of all the, the themes, I knew that this was the one that I would have the easiest time deciding on. But I want to hear your thought, and then I want to tell you what my runner-up was. My thought on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sorry, I meant your pick. Oh, my pick. My pick um, is – I don't want to say it's for you because that's not true. I, I want to see this movie as well. But I could have picked some Nosferatu, you know. I could have picked some kind of something more, I don't know, more intense – but I figured I'd lighten it a little bit after the miss last week. And I am choosing a movie called Vamps from 2012. Are you familiar with Vamps? I think I am. Not in like a, oh, I know exactly what this movie is. But I've definitely heard of this movie. It is directed by Amy Heckerling, where she reunites with the one and only Alicia Silverstone. Uh, uh, Letterbox says, the modern day story focuses on two beautiful young vampires who are living the good night life in New York until love enters the picture and each has to make a choice that will jeopardize their own immortality. Dating sucks. Love it. I knew you'd love it. And we have to go uh, after this. We have to go get it from the video store. Uh, I do want to tell you what my runner up was. And I was playing, I was trying to play chess while you were playing checkers. And turns out I was just playing chess against no one. Patrick told me, I chose my pick based off of you. And I had two in my head. Buffy was the clear number one, but I had a very, very close second. And when Patrick said, I chose my pick based off of you, I was like, oh, this is perfect. He's going to choose my second one. I, I thought for sure you were going to pick it, which is what made me lean into Buffy even more because I was like, great, I don't even have to choose. I'm a little sad now. We might have to make it an honorary tri triple feature. Um, or just revisit it sometime in October. Um, my runner-up was Reality Bites. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. I was think I, I also didn't know until recently when you told me that Reality Bites was about vampires. I don't know. I'd only ever like seen the poster. I didn't know anything about it. Um, no, Vamps has been on my mind for a long time. Of course, big uh, Clueless fans, big Amy Heckerling fans, and um, I thought this would be the perfect um, opportunity for it. That episode will come out next week next monday the 17th you're gonna want to be there for it folks so the website that you're on right now because this podcast is of course a website exclusive feature presentation video.com you leave your email address at all the pop-ups that ask for your email address because we're going to send you great stuff put it in there we will deliver that uh, episode to your inbox directly next week along with everything that we do the vince vonathon where we're watching every single vince vaughn movie why two kids where we are watching uh, movies from uh, movies and TV shows from 1995 to 2005 that we grew up with, all the great fun stuff that we're doing for Halloween, uh, horror reviews. We got some John Carpenter stuff coming up, some Halloween like the the film series Michael Myers Halloween um, stuff coming up. Um, we we put out stuff five days a week. You're gonna want to be a part of it. So type in your email address at featurepresentationvideo.com. We will send you everything. It is all free, no paywall because of course there's no paywall. Maybe it's not about vampires. <laughs> So thank God I didn't pick it. I I felt like so confident about that. Am I just thinking of something totally different? Yeah, it's not about vampires. I think it's just about life in the 90s. 
I guess that's why I didn't know it was about vampires, because it fucking wasn't. <laughs> I I must be mixing this up with something, and for the life of me, I can't figure out what I'm mixing it up with. But anyway, sorry. Uh, well, Buffy, Buffy it is. Buffy and vamps. Very, very exciting. Yeah, we will see you all then. See you then.